You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Monday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow the show Locked On Horns. Full show, like we said, we're going to get into some Bajan Robinson talk, a little bit on Jatavion Sanders basketball. But first, I just want to remind you this episode of the Locked On Longhorns podcast, brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off your next order. So it seems like the the accolades keep rolling in here for Bajan Robinson. Rivals recently named him Freshman All-American. Is coming off the heels of ESPN also naming him Freshman All-American. You know, you look at some of the stats that he put out this season, early on, not the greatest. Average 4.7 yards per touch in the first four games of the year. He dressed out for five of them. The one game that he was did not participate in was Texas Christian, which came a week after the strained back injury that he suffered following a failed leaping attempt over Texas Tech defender. But after that, starting in the Oklahoma State game, when Keontae Ingram suffered that high ankle sprain that would cost him the rest of his season, it was the Bijan Robinson show. Over those next five games, he would touch the ball 60 times on the ground, 581 yards. That's 9.7 yards per carry, which allowed him to set a school record for 8.2 yards per carry. Massive. And a big reason why he was named to their All-American team, talking about rivals, as the flex player. Other Big 12 players, quarterback Spencer Rattler, wide receiver Marvin Mims. Uh, unlike the Football Writers of America freshman All-American team, Bijan Robinson was not named to that. In his place was instead... Deuce Vaughn, which I think that's where the argument is. Deuce Vaughn versus Bajan Robinson for that all-purpose flex spot, whatever you want to say. They both had phenomenal seasons, so you know it was, it was interesting to see that. You know, and in ESPN even recently named Bajan Robinson the breakout player candidate for Texas in 2021. A little bit interesting. You could argue that he already broke out. He broke out in his freshman season, especially down the stretch. 443 yards of uh, from scrimmage in the final two games of the year. Six touchdowns after not scoring at all all season long. I think, th- I think we already have the breakout. But it only adds to the level of hype surrounding B. John Robinson. And I think it's warp speed. I think it's warp speed because B. John Robinson... Uh, you're already hearing his name among Heisman finalists or, or candidates for next season. Given the fact that his new head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, had three of the five finalists that played for him on offense. Talking about Najee Harris and, and how he used him the last two years. So I think there's a lot a level of excitement there. And I, you know, I think you have to tell Sark. I mean, I think we've talked about this ad nauseum. Get Bijan Robinson the ball. And I think that he's going to do that. I think he's going to do it 
a lot, actually. Uh, you know, and it's interesting what Steve Sarkeesian is doing. It seems like he is all set to try and get this, his team and the way that they're going to be doing things with an SCC style. Recently, it was reported by Inside Texas that Drew Hughes would be joining the Texas Longhorns as the new director of player personnel. Uh, with with Chang now out, uh, he was part of Herman's staff. They now have Hughes in. Hughes worked under Nick Saban from 2007 to 2011. He's bounced around a little bit. Different schools in the SEC, Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina most recently. But now he's coming to Texas, and I think that's you know interesting, and I think it's what they're trying to do. The first transfer for Steve Sarkeesian before we get into some Jatavion Sanders talk. LSU linebacker Ray Thornton, graduate transfer, played inside linebacker in Bo Pelini's 4-3 defense for the LSU Tigers, has transferred to the University of Texas. I think it's a big get. When you look at his... His stature, he kind of feels like an outside linebacker. So if, depending on who's going to be the defense coordinator, and we're still kind of waiting on that. We've heard some names. Uh, the the latest being Golding, Pete Golding of Alabama. It seems like Steve Sarkeesian's still trying to get him. Uh, they, they tried Dan Lanning out of Georgia, but he ultimately decided to stay home. I think it's that's really going to be you know, who is the defense coordinator? What kind of defensive scheme are they going to run? If it's similar to Chris Ash's 3-3-5 using a jack, so your third linebacker actually more of a pass rusher, I think Ray Thornton kind of fills, fills that void of losing uh, Joseph aside to the NFL draft. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, and, you know, as far as Jatavion Sanders goes, I think... You know, he capped off his senior year with a state championship for Denton Ryan in a game that was not really close at all. Uh, another spectacular touchdown grab in the red zone. I, You know, and I think that's kind of where his his impact is probably going to be most. Is at the tight end, maybe flex wide receiver position. You know, I, th- I think he provides you that ability to play some X or as a big slot because... Likely they're they're not going to put their best defender on him, uh, and he's going to win those mismatches because they're going to be worried about the other receivers, a Jake Smith, a Jordan Whittington, a Joshua Moore. So when you when you look at everything involved, I think Jatavion Sanders is really going to do well on the offensive side of the ball. Now they've said that he's going to be a two way playmaker. I'm not a hundred percent sold on that. I still think that there's going to be some. Uh, I still think that there's going to be more of an emphasis on offense, maybe some defense. You know, I really thought he was your next Jack role player uh, when he signed his letter of intent. I mean, at the time, Tom Herman was still the head coach, and Chris Ash was still your defense coordinator. That's where I thought he was going to be. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. All right, so let's let's talk basketball in just a moment. You know, the NFL playoffs are still going. We're down to the championship match matchups. Four teams remaining. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. 
BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account on BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for your 50% welcome bonus. With the matchups, Kansas City versus Buffalo. You also have Tampa Bay with Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. And always, we're going to talk some college hoops. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to the Lockdown Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to the Lockdown Bets podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so the Texas Longhorns basketball team is coming off of a stretch where they had two games at home at the Frank Irwin Center. And in those games, they split the two games between Texas Tech and Kansas State. Kansas State game that happened on Saturday night, not much of a a contest in that game. More on that in a moment. The Texas Tech game obviously exposed a little bit of flaws, I would say. If, If... they're not getting help from their bench with Kai Jones. You know, it, it feels like they're they're in a little bit of trouble. Uh, you know, they, they weren't scoring points off turnovers, so that allowed Texas Tech to stay in the game. Against Kansas State, it was a little different. They were undermanned. Greg Brown, Kai Jones, and Brock Cunningham. You know, two of their key guys off the bench. And they're starting forward in Greg Brown were all out for this game against Kansas State. Kansas State is not seen as a real threat in college basketball, so it was not a huge issue in the fact that they were able to get contributions from elsewhere. Kamaka Hepa was entered into the starting lineup in place of Greg Brown. He responded with a career-high 15 points and hit five three-pointers in the game. That was massive. That was, and that was a great addition. Once again, your your leading scorer, Andrew Jones, who's kind of been that guy this season. So you know, I think it that was huge in in that regard. Obviously, you didn't have Kai Jones, so off the bench you had Royce Ham. But the great thing in this game against Kansas State, in which they jumped out to a huge lead early on with a, they were tied at twelve, went on a fifteen zero run right there in the first half to build that lead up to 27-12. to 12. You got to see Jace Febris back. Nobody's seen Jace Febris since back in February. He comes in, he hits a couple of threes, provides defense, blocks, rebounds. He was doing a little bit of everything. So it was nice to see him. So that's just another piece in this deep team that Shaka got back. So you got some contribution from your bench in this game. They did a lot better job in transition. They did a lot better job with facilitating. Courtney Ramey had nine assists in this game to go along with his 14 points. Obviously, we talked about Hepa, who had 15 in this game. Uh, you had four out of your five starters score double digits. The only one that didn't, Matt Coleman had eight points. And for much of the game, he only had two points. So he scored six in the second half to get eight total you know, but but it was there wasn't one guy. 
it wasn't one guy leading them. It, it was a culmination of guys that were really doing their damage, and they did a lot of damage from three-point line. The defense was good because they held Kansas State to just 28% shooting in the first half, which is a big reason why they led by as much as they did. Uh, they led by as much as 28 in this game. Obviously, that lead went went away in the second half. They won by 15. A large part of that, I think, was you know garbage time. You know they weren't really putting forth the same defensive effort with a big lead. The lead would be dwindled down, but Texas did what they needed to to win this basketball game. So they split two games. Now the unfortunate part is right now you have Greg Brown. Kai Jones, Brock Cunningham, like we talked about, are in COVID-19 protocols. So we're not going to have them. Shaka Smart said after the game that if they do indeed travel to Ames, Iowa, to play Iowa State on Tuesday, that they wouldn't be going. Well, the only problem is that game isn't happening. That has been postponed as Iowa State has paused basketball activities due to COVID-19. So that game's not going to happen. So their next matchup is still a road game, but they're going to have to travel to Fort Worth to take on TCU, a TCU basketball team that just was run out of the gym by the Oklahoma Sooners who aren't as talented as Texas. At least we don't think they are. They're not a team that's that's ranked this year. And so you don't expect that there's going to be much of a fight in that game. Now, you can't take any team lightly, especially in the Big 12. We saw that with Iowa State. Iowa State has only won two games this year, but they gave Texas a fight. They gave Baylor a fight. So I wouldn't I wouldn't just necessarily say it's going to be a they're going to run over them. But uh, Texas should handle business in that game, even being shorthanded if the three are still in protocols by the time that they play, which I, I anticipate that they will be. So where is Texas going to be ranked? Well, ESPN came out with their power rankings on Monday. They got Texas at number five, so that leads me to believe they're still going to be in the top ten, probably top seven. I could see six or seven for the Texas Longhorns when uh, the AP and the coaches polls come out. So I think, you know, when you talk about top ten and, and you look at, like, their last matchup against Texas Tech, I think Texas Tech is a little underrated as far as where their ranking is. It's a really good basketball team. Chris Beard has them playing well. Um, you know, I, I think 15 might be a bit low for them. You know, I, I, I even think that they should be higher than, than West Virginia. Uh, I think they're a little bit better of a basketball team. But, you know, uh, these things are fluid, and, and they're going to move up and down. I mean, it's, you know, it's a what have you done for me lately. But I think Texas Tech is, is a really good team, and, and they showed it when they played Texas. Now, if Texas could have, you know, kept the pedal down in the second half, I think it's, you know, I think it's a little different basketball game. I think they allowed them to crawl back into that game with, with kind of the way that they were playing. But give credit to Chris Beard for changing the defensive philosophy in that game and not allowing them to drive and kick out and get those easy outside shots as they were getting in the first half. You know, there was some adjustment there. Just got to make sure that Shaka Smart is making a counter adjustment there, um, and, and and go with go with it that way, 
uh, and then maybe you know some of those things don't happen. Maybe maybe Texas wins that basketball game, and we're talking about Texas as a potential top three. I don't know that they get past Villanova. I don't think Gonzaga's going anywhere. Baylor will be interesting. Uh, we're still waiting on that first Texas-Baylor matchup of the year. All right, but coming up next, let's talk a little more uh, football news and who could be this defensive coordinator for the Texas Longhorns. But first, let's tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar's got 18 amazing flavors. We're talking nut and non-nut flavors. Lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, cookies and cream. How about one of the originals? Get a peanut butter or double chocolate, toffee almond, peanut butter brownie. Whatever you choose to get, bars are 100% covered in chocolate. Soft and easy to chew, great for the health conscious person. Lose lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Each bar is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, so it's great for the keto diet. Let's talk about that peanut butter with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Make sure you go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 20% off your next order. Once again, remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, make sure you join us tomorrow on the Locked On Longhorns podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, as we are going to be talking about more of defensive coordinator job, who could be in, who could be out, what's the latest intel that we got from the Texas Longhorns. So let's talk about Jutavion Sanders again. Uh, you know, I, I want to bring this up because I think it's interesting about if Jatavion is going to be playing tight end, and it seems like he's going to be more on the offensive side than the defensive side, what does Texas do at defensive end? I think they're going to have to push to find a defensive end in this class. Who is that going to be? I'm not really sure at this point, and something that we're going to really dive into you know, coming up and throughout the week. Do they go once again into the transfer portal? Does this speak to why they went after Ray Thornton? There's a lot of things there we don't really know at this point, but we're going to dive into that. But, I, you know, I think that is important. And what they're going to have to do before February 3rd, National Signing Day, who are they going to have to get? Who, who are they going after? What's the latest intel on LJ Johnson? It seems like he had a visit over the weekend with A&M and never made it to Austin. All signs are pointing to him sticking with A&M or committing, enrolling at A&M, and not going with Texas. So Texas is going to lose out on another running back. What do they do there? Do you go with the guys that you got with Jonathan Brooks, Bijan Robinson, and then obviously Roshan Johnson? Keontae Ingram is now entered into the transfer portal. Uh, you also have Daniel Young, who opted out this last season. Does he return? There's going to be a lot there. Who? Where are they going on on some of these moves with the running backs. It's going to be something to, to monitor. Interesting, as I sat down to record this, it was just reported by Pete Thamel of, of Yahoo Sports that Jeremy Pruitt as, is going to be fired as the head coach at the University of Tennessee. Why is that newsworthy? Well, he was a defensive assistant 
at Alabama. And as we've seen with how Steve Sarkeesian is making his moves as far as his coaching staff, you know, his, his support staff, it seems like he's wanting to go the SEC way, so it would make sense that Jeremy Pruitt would be a target for the Texas Longhorns, Steve Sarkeesian, possibly to run that defense. In the two years before becoming the head coach at the University of Tennessee in 2018, Jeremy Pruitt was the inside linebackers coach and defensive coordinator for Alabama. Before that, he was the defensive coordinator at Georgia, Florida State, and then obviously he coached at Alabama before that in 2010 to 2012. Makes a lot of sense for Jeremy Pruitt to possibly come to Texas. It's going to be something to watch. I think it's going to be interesting because he, uh, as an assistant coach defensive coordinator, has been part of five national championship teams. So I think that's very important uh, because it seems like they want a winning mentality. They want that SEC style. That's Jeremy Pruitt. Yes, he just got fired, but I can understand why they would go get the former Crimson Tide linebacker coach. Or this plays into another way. Pruitt goes back to Alabama to take over his previous role as defensive coordinator, and Pete Golding comes to Texas. I think this could work multiple ways, but I, you know, I do think that it is interesting and something to pay attention to because I think Steve Sarkeesian and the way that he's building this team, that move would make a ton of sense. I think that's what you have to watch for. Um, do we agree with the way that he's building this? Well, obviously, the way things were built before, built before, it wasn't working. You have to try something new. If this doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But I think it's still a move they got to pay attention to. I, I, you know, I think it's it's the way that they've got to try it. I should say because I think, like you said, it hasn't worked. Try something new. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But at least you tried to emulate success. You tried to emulate success by uh, going with the SEC model. I mean, you look at some of these coaches. I mean, the the Hughes director of player personnel. He's a Nick Saban guy. Obviously, Steve Sarkeesian served the last several years under Nick Saban. Kyle Flood under Nick Saban. A.J. Milwee, analyst for Nick Saban. So there's a lot of Nick Saban ties. So it's almost like we can't get Nick Saban to Texas as they tried before. But what we're going to do is we're going to try and get the best we can. We're going to build this the way that they do it. I think it's the right move. Is it going to play out? Remains to be seen. Uh, but you have to like with what you're seeing. As far as you have to like the moves that are being made. We'll judge the moves once they get on the football field. But as a whole, you can't help but be impressed with what they're doing. Am I telling you to buy in? Am I telling you to drink the Kool-Aid? No. I'm not going to tell you to drink the Kool-Aid just yet. Be cautiously optimistic. That's the point here. Be cautiously optimistic. Now, if they were to go out onto the field and fail, then... You know, it's like, well, here we go again. But if they were to do well, obviously you'll be excited. And it'll be an A-plus hire, a home run hire. 
But that's another story for another day, and we'll get into that much, much later. All right, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're going to talk some more, figure out where do they go on the defensive side of the ball, who's going to be defensive end, and maybe a few prospects to pay attention to as National Signing Day gets closer. That's it for me. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Welcome.